Hi, everybody. Welcome back to What's Up Grimes. Today, we're going to go over uh, misanthropocene as part of our album series. I'm here with the lovely Jen. Hello. Hi. So let's talk Grimes news, first and foremost. Let's talk Grimes news. We are, in fact, titled What's Up Grimes. And that was because at the time when I named the podcast, um, what I remember thinking in my head was what is going on with Grimes because she was so silent and that is still the case. What's up Grimes? She was supposed to be at a festival yesterday. You and I talked about it. The Mm -hmm. We Are One festival. Yeah. We were both psyched because she had this plastic surgery, but we haven't seen what she looks like. So I was hoping to get content out of that. Yeah. And just seeing her in action, you know, seeing what, what's up Grimes? What's What's up? (laughs) Because <laughs> she's been pretty silent, and you and I have speculated that that's because there's a lot going on on Twitter with Elon Musk buying Twitter, and there's much Twitter chaos with parody accounts. Assuming she wanted to be more quiet during that time, this would have been a time we could have seen her. But they canceled on October 28th, it looks like, which I missed, apparently, the cancellation. <laughs> so I thought it was still happening up until yesterday. Uh, the We Are One Music Festival canceled, saying the journey to bring a festival back to Houston has been challenging, to say the least. Our team has been diligently working to bring to fruition our shared dream for almost two years, and we find ourselves in a place where we cannot execute our vision to the fullest expectations. So it's coming back in 2023. I'm sure Grimes was probably thrilled. I don't know if she's ready to be back out in the public spotlight yet, but a disappointment, to say the least, for Grimes fans. Agreed. You know, we... I. There's a lot of back and forth on Twitter, I'm noticing, just to lay off pressure on her for book one. And do we really think she feels any of that pressure? Don't know. What do you think? I don't think she should. I don't think she should onboard any kind of pressure. We're going to be her fans no matter what, true fans. So whether she removed book one coming soon from her bio or not you know we're still gonna be there so i hope she knows that and and i don't know i saw some speculation on the grime subreddit because you know i follow them like crazy because there's a lot of stuff that happens on the grime subreddit and people were speculating that she removed book one soon from the bio because she's feeling the pressure and doesn't appreciate it and so she is going to keep the album from us. I don't think that's true at all. I think there's a lot of chaos going on. Um, mm-hmm. I sent you a post from that subreddit yesterday that seemed to encapsulate it really well to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And basically the gist of that was that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of pressure with her breakup from Elon. There's a lot of pressure with being a mama of two. And there's a lot of pressure from Columbia. And it's probably just that there's some communication issues that broke down between the label and her. And we're not there yet. She's just not ready and in in a place to release the album. Yeah, I think, first of all, their their kids are like infants and toddlers. That's a really, really tough age to co-parent. So they, they are in each other's lives a lot. And I think by association, her label, people that she works with, maybe advise her to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Or or it's her own personal preference. But either way, it's that's unfair pressure to her. Yeah, and recovering from a major surgery. So I don't know what's going on. I did tell you the other day that, or today maybe, Bella Porch. So we, we read that Bella Porch is divorcing from her husband. And I'm like, oh, I bet that's a good friendship and a good support for her since C understands what it's like to go through something like that. I know that they weren't obviously married, but they might as well have been common law uh, married, her and Elon. So good support for one another. Yeah, when you're you're sharing a a mattress. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In a small room and the baby is in the other room. That is, I think, marriage. Yeah. You know, that's, they are married. Yeah, might as well. So that's where we're at. We are going to discuss Miss Anthropocene today, which is extra special for me and MK because this is how both you and I found Grimes. So as a reminder to everybody, before we go into this, 
let's talk about how we found misanthropocene tell your story again first sure uh of course you know i was following elon news as one does mm. it's kind of hard not to it's right <laughs> in your face um so i think this was 2021 early 2021 uh, I was just, you know, perusing and, of course, saw the, the famous Met Gala mm-hmm. photo. Um, and they obviously were still together at the time. They had just had their baby about a year before. So I was like, Ooh, who's this chick? Um, and her background fit, like, I'm, I'm about the same age as Grimes. So, like, her experience, you know, she was, like, very hipster DIY, and that was kind of my experience you know, I always loved that kind of indie grunge look. So I, I, you know, I found that later, but I I came across the Miss A album and I was like, let's just go for this album first, just see what she sounds like. And the first song I heard was so heavy, I fell to the earth. And I was like, dang, this is, this is really good. And the artwork, there's something about her artwork that feels very, it doesn't feel like she has a lot of people like making it overproduced. It feels like a tangible thing where it could be anybody that draws it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not that it's saying it's it's not good. It just feels like something I feel like you can relate to, you know, it feels her her journey kind of feels like you're a part of it because she kind of learned along the way. Mm-hmm. So there's just something about her artwork that really spoke to me for this album in particular. Yeah. And that was the first song I heard. What about you? Mine was, it was 2021 pre-Met Gala, because Met Gala would have been the first thing I really watched to see her in. And I was finishing grad school. I was studying for my end of year exams. You have to have certain um, end of year board exams for my career. And I needed something to study with that I didn't know the lyrics already. And I put on Grimes because I was following Elon News. If you've listened to our past podcast, you'll know that MK and I are both interested and update ourselves regularly with Elon News, which as MK said, how can you not with what's going on on Twitter? But I knew that they had been in a relationship. I knew about the baby. I knew about X at the time. So I put on Misanthropocene because that was her last album. And I was like blown away. Adore You was the first song I listened to and 4 a.m. I remember 4 a.m. And thinking, oh, I'm actually really into this. And I thought I was just going to put it on as background noise almost. Yeah. So that's how I found it at the time. And then that stuck with me. And we'll talk about this when we talk about the introduction into the album. But it's such a 180 from her other stuff. I thought all of her other stuff was going to be dark as well. Um, and I like that there's yeah. such a variety. But this is her dark album so let's talk about it yeah let's talk some factoids all right mk is gonna do some factoids referring to myself in the third person here we love it Uh all right so miss a on december 18th 2017 grimes responded to a fan on twitter that she had played her label new music indicating that something would be released soon that's really how we found out about it? Can we go back to the word soon, please? Because the word soon is such a trigger warning. Because <laughs> soon could mean never in terms soon. of the one. Soon could it's a mean mystery. tomorrow. We just don't know. But soon is a trigger word for Grimes fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so on February 24th, 2018, Grimes revealed that she was in the process of recording two albums. And then, well, that's quite a bit of time. December to February. December 2017, she made a comment. Then February 24th, she said she was in a process. So soon came to process. So that's a development. That's a development, Um, but that sounds about right. Like that sounds like book one type stuff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And it was released on February 21st, 2020. So, wow. Same old thing, you know? It uh, It does, and that's okay. You know, it's okay to take your time with your art. It's who you are. It's your identity. It's your legacy. I think it's okay. Only because I'm a super Grimes fan. Maybe it was if it was something else I was waiting for, I probably wouldn't wait that long. I think people, the, the frustration that I see on the subreddit is that people didn't like the, the teasing of stuff. So, for example, Shinigami, Shinigami Eyes, when it was first teased on TikTok, was teased like months 
in advance and it was the same clip and it felt like, oh, we were going to get it imminently and then we never did. Or she'll tease certain parts that are going to come out and then they never do. And I think that was very frustrating to people. But I'm like, you know, at the time, she doesn't know that these things are going to change. And so she puts out what she wants to put out to tease and then it may or may not happen. So I give her grace for that. She doesn't know. She doesn't know that she's going to put out a, a clip of Shinigami Eyes and it won't get released for you know a year. She doesn't know that necessarily. Yeah, and I do blame the music industry yeah. and the labels for trying to to control art. Yeah. You know that she's like she doesn't even have to really say much about that for us to know her feelings about also it. Also true. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that's that's a lot to do with it too. So moving on. So in June 2018, Grimes Grimes her name is Grimes. Grimes was featured in Apple's Behind the Mac advertisement campaign in which a snippet of a song titled That's What the Drugs Are For was featured. I loved that. Yeah. So cool. I wish she did, you know, not to say that's a sellout moment, but I thought it was super cool that she was in an advertisement for Mac. And I love black hair, Grimes. Yeah. It's yeah, just, I love that. I remember that campaign. I remember that that advertisement. And it's very, they let her be very genuine. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like you were listening to, you know, the drivel that they gave her to say. It felt like something Grimes would have said in that advertisement. So well done on Mac's part. Yeah. Uh, so four years since Art Angels, the album's title was announced on March 19th, 2019. Grimes explained that the album would be a concept album about an anthropomorphic goddess of climate change, in which each song will be a different embodiment of human extinction. Grimes explained that she loves godly personifications or abstract horrific concepts. That's on brand. Yeah. Um, Pointing to the Roman god of war, Mars, as inspiration, and and that by making a personification of climate change, she hoped that it would maybe be a bit easier to look at and not be just abstract doom. That's what she talked about a little bit on, I forget the guy's name. He does the Apple One podcast. She has a really good relationship with that guy, but she was on his podcast talking about what the concept of this was. She was pretty heavily pregnant at the time too. I know which one you're referring to because the way that that one's edited, it makes it look like Grimes is still on amphetamines. <laughs> like. It looks very like sped up and chaotic because um, they only took like clips, you know, from the yeah. from their conversation. I don't think I ever listened to the full thing. Um, but anyway, yes, I know what you're referring to. And and I just wanted to say something real quick that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Mars, <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> she refers to the Roman god Mars here and she's so invested in the Mars mission. I can't believe she hasn't named a baby Mars. Maybe that's baby number three. She's talked about naming the second baby Sailor Mars. Right. And I'm and I'm I'm curious if that's stuck or not, because that seems very on brand. And I and I guarantee there will be a third baby. I'm just curious why there hasn't been a Mars yet. That just seems very Grimes-ish, but continue. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Uh, in an interview with the Wall Street Journal. Grimes further explained that people don't care about it in, in reference to climate change because we're being guilted. Grimes stated that she wanted to make climate change fun and make a reason to look at it. I remember her saying that specifically in that podcast. Too. She, she wanted to make it fun, tangible. I mean, it's like a comic book, right? Like villains are usually personifications on sort of doomsday, right? So that, it, that would only make sense that in her development of of making concept albums, which she did from day one with Giddy Primes, she's moved on to something more relevant and tangible for people to digest. And I like that she says that because that is such a controversial thing to say that you want to make it palatable. But I think about yeah. like the way we teach kids about certain concepts, like the way you teach them about dangerous concepts, we add fun to it because they're kids and that's how they relate better to that concept. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good way to go about it, that humans relate really well to both positive feedback and positive information. And um, I, I want to say something about like, kind of like when you're training a kid and it's important to give that positive, um, I don't know, reciprocation for their behaviors. So I like that she 
did that. Yet the album's still super dark, but okay. Yes, I mean, it kind of has to be, right? I mean, it's it was a. I think she's calling it fun because sometimes it's fun to play the villain. It and she's definitely playing that very well, and she's been put into a place of being a villain and being Marie Antoinette, really, because of her relationship with Elon. So I think she's unfortunately been placed in that position. Yeah, and I think not only because of that, but because of her issues with the music industry being so male-dominated in the engineer-producer realm, that that made her... I I forget what interview she was talking about this, but was it like, aren't angels, in a lot of ways, she felt hurt her. Because I'm not some just poppy princess, you know, with a cutesy voice. I have more to me to offer. And I think that not only is in this album, but I think it's continued. I don't think she's did away with that darkness. Like we're seeing it, it play out in the new stuff too. And in her interviews. So when you listen to her interviews, like with Lex Friedman, which is my best interview or my favorite interview, I should say by far, she talks about some really deep, intense, scary topics. And you can tell that that's what's going on in, in Claire's brain right now, that she isn't some vapid, boppy, everything's great, look how cute we are, that she does, you know, ponder about these deeper issues. Yeah, but all in the name of a better future. True. Right? She she wants things to work out. True. She doesn't obsess over, you know, di- dystopian uh, ideologies. She She wants a better future and feels it is her position where she's at by association to be someone that talks about it, which I do think is important. Yeah, because I think her... I think her brain has really transitioned into focusing on the mission to Mars now, and there's hope with that. So I, I don't think she's stuck there, I agree. But I think there's hope for this planet, too. And I and I think she's very clear about that as well. Not to say that she isn't all in for Mars to just get us out of here. It's an option, right? I think she wants to save the planet, too. Yeah. I think Mars is the escape plan if the stuff can't work. So, Or a vacation destination. Who? No, I'm going to stand by what I said in that podcast with Dave. And I said in that podcast with Dave that you know that the morons are going to find their way to space too. And so unless I can have assurance that I can have a small space dome and I can choose who lives in my space dome with me, I don't want to go because I don't want to be stuck with, you know, the, the jerk that we all know that we've worked with before or that isn't competent at their job and is like floating around the same biodome as you and you can't get away from them. Even if you like the people that you pick, you're going to run into situations on Mars, you know? Somebody's nope. going to do something and you're nope. like, what nope. are you doing? Nope. I want to stay in my biodome. It's going to be the lesbian space commune or whatever. And I want to, like, pick who's going to be in the dome with me. And then we can vote people off the dome if you act a fool. Oh, my gosh. That's a reality show once it's up there. I love it. There we go. Yeah. So that's the plan is I'm going to create a reality show of something about the dome. And it's that's what we're going to do. Obviously, you have to be in my dome. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. It's like Big Brother Mars Edition. There it is. (laughs) Big Brother Dome Edition. So that was wildly off topic. I just want everybody to be very clear that um, I don't want to be up there unless I can choose who is in my dome. Thank you. I think I would prefer to not be there at At all. all. (laughs) Me too. But but if, if, if I had to, it would be you and me and a select few of people that were are heavily vetted. Yeah, six people. Yes. Cool. Maybe less. Come on. That's a lot. Cool. Three. How big is this dome? Like, let's be real. That's Well, according to Dave, it's like massive. But I'm like, if they can build a massive dome, surely they can build very small other domes. And you can choose who comes in and out of your dome. I don't know. Anyway, the point is that listening to Dave on the podcast, he mentioned that it's not a very fun time to be up there in Mars. It's not like it's, you know, very habitable. So like I don't want to be... Grimes is DJing on Mars. No, Grimes will hide in her house in her own dome. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed you don't see Grimes on Mars. Guaranteed she has her own dome. 
We won't see her there either. <laughs> we don't see her now. We don't see her there. Uh, shout out to Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> All right. So moving right along. February 2020, marketing campaign launched with Billboard stating, Global warming is good. The original artwork features a drawing by Grimes, um, a, a drawing by Grimes herself inside a fictional computer program. Design was handled by is it G Monk or I think Monk? so. I think G Monk. I don't know. And and writer Ripes. Grimes explained that she was inspired by her experience making music and visual art using programs such as Photoshop, Manga Studio, and Adobe Premiere Pro. This made her want to create a fictional universe where there's like all these new gods. How am I supposed to read this? <laughs> <laughs> no. um and if the new gods were building the simulation that we live in this is the program that the gods use i think that's why i what i said or going back to what i said earlier about her artwork she uses programs that are pretty tangible to other people and is open about the program she uses uses which i don't know if many artists in her position are so I, maybe that's what makes her so tangible. Like we've known she used GarageBand and then used to Ableton and then uses these programs for her art. So I think that that kind of makes it more, well, if she uses this, maybe I can use this. I think that's definitely true because I've heard people start using Blender because they heard that she used Blender. Like for example, she talks about using Blender on one of her music videos, Violence. And I think that that became palatable of like, oh, she can do it, I can do it too. The other thing, you and I have been talking about religion recently and about our own beliefs, which we're not quite there to sharing it on the podcast. However, I think she makes a great point in some of her interviews where she talks about how the, the whole new gods concept, that it used mm -hmm. to be that you would go and pray specifically to gods. And I think for each thing, right? It's so like fertility or yes. the weather, whatever. And I think that yeah. felt very safe for people. Like I can see why that was such a popular concept yeah in ancient worlds like that feels i think like security knowing that there's like a person for each issue versus yeah. like you know a god who takes care of everything that feels so outside our realm as humans that one being takes care of everything so i get this concept and i like that that's what she chose to run with totally and that's all back to the personification right mm -hmm. there's a god that represents each thing so it's tangible digestible and I think makes you feel closer to that. Yes, agreed. All right, last thing. The updated artwork is a painting by Rupid Legime. Grimes stated that it was the artwork she originally wanted to use, but that she was in discouraged from doing so after she pulled a bunch of people. Who were those people? Was this on like Twitter? Did I miss this? Oh Who did my you God. pull, ma'am? Like... <laughs> I would like... have loved to be there. Was it like Mac? and her manager and like that was like it was, does that i wouldn't be surprised i'm just saying if it was like four people <laughs> close to like, like a clinical study of like <laughs> random people huh <sighs> all right okay. so moving so, right along to the songs let's break down the songs one by one because mk and i were just discussing before recording that i did a live on this on my page before we decided to just do a podcast which thank goodness mk was along for the ride with that one. And I remember this taking for forever, the live on Misanthropocene, because there's so much information versus the other albums where it's like, okay, she's starting to get big. At this point, she's big and she's with Elon Musk, so everybody knows who she is. Mm -hmm. So let's start with We Appreciate Power, because speaking of stuff that just never released, <laughs> We Appreciate <laughs> Power. Uh, while we got the song, we never got the music video, even though that was teased to us and looked super cute between her and Hana. So after teasing the release of new music on Twitter, the song title for um, We Appreciate Power and promotional artwork leaked online. We Appreciate Power was originally the second collab with Poppy after Play Destroy. However, following the public feud between the two artists, the song was released by Grimes and Hana instead. We all remember the feud between poppy and mm -hmm. grimes i love play destroy it's good song. that's like my go-to workout song it's a great song. My, my husband would be like what is that and i'm like yeah. i'm poppy i'm grimes like, the hollywood movement <laughs> uh i remember how that played out i remember looking into it yeah it's a shame that they're not still close and i remember her being on a live and talking about like can people stop asking me 
to continue to collaborate with Poppy. Some stuff happened there. I don't want to discuss it. Let's move on. So that's over and done with. I will um, say that I'm glad that it's it, Hana is on it because her vo- vocals with that song particu- in particular are fantastic. She's a, you, say what you will about Hana, she's a wonderful singer. Yeah, I yeah. think she has a wonderful voice. And I think that really the dichotomy of her voice with the concept of we appreciate power really makes it what it is. It does. And knowing that it's like your best friend who's been there since day one and is ride or die with you and is still mm-hmm. ride or die with you apparently. And I, I felt that when she was performing at EDC and Hana was there mm-hmm. with her and they played We Appreciate Power and she gave Hana some, you know, time to be up there and, you know, sing along and dance. Yeah. And I think that says something versus having like Poppy. Poppy doesn't have that vocal range mm-hmm. at, like Hana. So I, I think it's a better fit. And honestly, if you if you watch Hana's Twitch streams, she plays the Blood Pop remix of this a lot too. So it's it's a beloved song between them that like I think symbolizes a lot of their friendship and love for each other. So that's how I feel when I listen to it. And I know that there was um, a music video shot where they're in two really cute like blue and purple bodysuits. And oh, I love it. I was excited to see that, but it did drop. Per Genius, this is not the first time Grimes has explored the theme of artificial intelligence in her music. Most famously, the music video for her song Flesh Without Blood features the character Rococo Basilisk. This punny name is notorious for being the spark which ignited the romantic relationship between C and Elon Musk. We know that they found each other on Twitter because uh, C had made a joke about it and Elon had just been interested in that and so they became a pair. Totally trolling her page. You <laughs> know it. Simply put, Rocco's Basilisk is the argument that an advanced artificial intelligence designed to do the maximum potential good will ultimately torture those who do not aid its creation. This is actually a form of blackmail enacted to ensure that artificial intelligence will be brought into existence sooner. Uh, we appreciate power is a direct response to this, allowing both Grimes and Hana the platform to profess their support for AI and therefore be protected from future destruction. Ironically, I was listening to another interview from Elon the other day where he talks about this, and I think it's a Joe Rogan. It's a Joe Rogan podcast. And Joe so Rogan. Good. I love that so one. Those, there's two with Elon, and they're very mm-hmm. good. And uh, Joe Rogan asks him, I, th- I want to say it's Joe Rogan, asks him, like, how serious do you think this is? Um, AI right. turning against us and Elon was very serious about it and sees this as a as a serious threat that people need to take seriously yeah I think he went into how a lot of people that are working with these AIs don't see the potential in it going wrong and yeah. that's the real risk the humans component yes. not necessarily artificial intelligence leave it to the humans man we suck Yep, we sure do. That brings us to So Heavy, which is honestly one of my favorite songs ever. So, per Grimes' quote, I think I wanted to make a sort of hard Inya song. I had a vision, a weird dream where I was just sort of falling to the earth. It's like fighting a Balrog, which is from Lord of the Rings. I woke up and said, yeah, there you go. I woke up and said, I need to make a video for this or I need to make a song for this. It's sort of embarrassing, but lyrically, the song is kind of about when you decide to get pregnant or agree to get pregnant. It's the weird loss of self or loss of power or something because it's sort of like a future life in subservience to this new life. I didn't include it in here because we are a PG podcast, but she goes into detail scientifically in uh, another article where she talks about it's really the process of having unprotected sex and Mm -hmm. how vulnerable that is to say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and go through with this. And all my life, this is the thing that I've been told not to do and have been working towards not doing. And now I'm going to create a life. So MK, as a person who has brought forth two lives into this planet, do you agree with what she said? I I do. Um, Because we're taught, you know, in gym class and health class yeah, like <laughs> this may not be as pg as i wanted to sound but i had a side note gym teacher we had sex ed and he was like don't let johnny stud guy use withdrawal method and that has been burned into my brain forever you know like to not submit to that 
And then once you decide to have a child, you have to kind of rewire your brain. Yeah. But I actually didn't know the background really about this being about pregnancy. I kind of assumed because she was pregnant at the time. It does, when you are pregnant and you have life in you um, and you're heavily pregnant, you do feel the weight of it, not just the 30 pounds you put on. Yeah. Right. It's it's the emotional weight of carrying life, how your life is going to change and what it all what what what's to come, because you can't control any of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I found Grimes and you did, too, after she had already had baby X. Mm-hmm. And I remember how shocking it was to people when I was reading about it. I was new to Grimes. I was reading about it. People were like super shocked. And I remember at the time thinking, well, it's a celebrity having a baby. What's so shocking about that? The more you know about Grimes, had I known Grimes prior to becoming pregnant with baby X, I would have been like, no way she's pregnant. No way she's pregnant because she seems like that would not be something she wanted to do. But she says in articles, I loved him. I wanted to make a child with him. So I chose to go through with that. And I know that a lot of feminists felt very uncomfortable by that. But to me, feminism is having the choice, the choice to Mm -hmm. say I I can, if I want to fall in love with somebody and choose to have a child with them yeah and it doesn't like the natural maternal instinct prior to having the baby is a weird time period too because you're like there's so many women you see on instagram that are like oh they're like mother nature with being pregnant love the pregnancy Mm -hmm. have the hippie dresses they're Mm -hmm. drinking their smoothies they just they they love that whole process and it can be even if you don't have like medical issues going on it's overwhelming and you're like how am i supposed to be am i am i still me am i somebody else do i need to pretend like i'm this like embodiment of of like some goddess you know it's not always that beautiful there is a darkness to it yeah definitely reorienting who you are as a person so that's uh that's so heavy Before I move on to the next one, I was just thinking to myself inwardly about how So Heavy for me is really a moody song when I'm depressed because I feel literally so heavy and I'm going to fall through the earth because I'm just in this place where I'm so overcome by emotion and it feels like that's everything and it's crashing down on you. So that's why I like this song, I think specifically. Yeah. And well, and like you said, when you were studying, it's a good like study work song too, because you can... It, it's not just, you know, overwhelming emotionally. Like, it, it's kind of one of those songs that helps you kind of power through, if that makes yeah. sense. It does. That brings us to New Gods. Per the New York Times, New Gods longs for deities who might offer salvation from catastrophe. I pray, but the world burns, Grimes sings. But new dark spaces keep opening outward under its hesitantly stately chords. We talked about New Gods previously in the intro section. Um, Grimes spoke about the song again during her live podcast with Sean Carroll. She says it makes more sense. Yeah, the stories are great. And it's just like, I was like, well, who are the new gods? Because we have all this new stuff. We have plastic and pollution and plastic surgery. Uh Uh-huh, plastic surgery. Let's pause there. We have plastic surgery. I want to see her new look. Um, And social media, the new gods sound sick. They sound like, like the sailor scouts, like these sick diamonds and demons, sorry. So that's kind of where my weird imagination has been going. This is probably, although it's been my favorite song on the album, but it's recently changed to something else, which we'll get into later um, down the road in the podcast. But what I love about this song is that it's based off like that my name is dark is a reference to ray bradbury's something wicked this way comes oh yeah mr dark is a character uh and the main antagonist from the book so i love when she has literary references like that yeah and it's so grimes her brain is fascinating she says in that podcast with lex friedman like who actually wants to hear me talk i don't think she recognizes how fascinating she is to listen to no not at all. That kind of references to Idorio, you know? You you don't know how cool you are, right? I, I think about that all the time. You're so cool because you don't know that you're cool. Mm-hmm. Grimes. 
Okay, my name is Dark was originally titled That's What the Drugs Are For, but if you've listened to the interview, and I can't remember what publication, she says in it that she was informed that she could not keep that title. So per Grimes' quote, the day I created this song, I think I was in just a super bummer mood. I was doing this thing where I was just chasing my worst impulses. And one of my favorite albums is A Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. I think one reason that album is so good is that in its dishonesty, it's actually very honest because he's embodying someone who he isn't, but it's the pathetic person. I think people actually really relate to the album because people do relate to the worst version of themselves. With this song, I was just like, what happens if I make a really negative song or I just make a song where I'm not really giving an F about the situation and just being a cynical misanthrope, essentially. Yeah, I love that. I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan. So oh, yeah. I see that I see the the Trent Reznor relate, you know, relatability with this album entirely. And I think correct me if I'm wrong. She actually I don't know if this is the only song on the album. She had outside help with producing this song Can't in remember. particular. She had somebody some producer in New York had helped add to it, um, which I, 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 I like that about her that she's not such a control freak that she's open to letting other people be included with her art and she did kind of uh allude to that in the lex friedman podcast too like collaborating is kind of the stage she's in now yeah it's new i think my favorite part of this song which is such a i guess an obsolete part of the song but there's that part where she says i hear them calling my name and she explains Mm. that the part about i hear them calling my name is when you hear people wanting your attention and wanting your investment and you're just kind of like over it and i relate to that especially in this stage of life where i'm at with certain areas of my life i relate to that where you've got somebody that wants your attention or wants you know you to pay attention to do something or work on something and it's just kind of like like i'm not i'm not having it today so yeah i wish the there isn't officially a video with this which is disappointing to me like there is that like I don't know if it's fan made. She has it on her YouTube page, but it's like oh, yeah. with the orange hair and she's like eating something. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking and then, about. And then drinking water. Like she always has these massive glasses of water, but like everywhere. Um, but she was like, eat it. Like, I just love that. I wish there was more of a video. Yeah. Official video with the song. Listen, I'll take anything Grimes at this point. She used to post a lot more to her sure. stories, like a lot more of her doing stuff to her stories. And I think it's just because, you know, she has a kid or two kids. So who has time to like film yeah. little, like get dressed up and film little things. But I miss that. Yeah. Violence, per the New York Times, violence is a collaboration with the producer I.O. It's a mixture of plea, flirtation, warning, and dance tune, suggesting a sadomasochist relationship or a mutual self-destruction pact. Quote, you feed off hurting me, Grimes sings, but later boasts, I like it like that. Yeah, I like it like that. And of course, we've all seen the music video styled by the wonderful Turner. Uh, This was filmed at a church in LA from what I remember. And when they showed up, nothing was the way that they wanted it to be. And it was edited in Blender and that things came together the last minute. I remember that from her interviews. So violence is such a banger i have to say i it might have also been one of the first songs i heard too and it's it's still in my top roster of songs makes you want to party to make you want to party want to dance i definitely work out to this song it's violence 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 i like the the dance in it you know what i'm talking about Yes, you know what I was thinking of doing because I do a lot of like just selfies on my page. Yeah, and I cute. used to dance. I've thought about doing that dance <gasps> and learning. Do the it. dance. It's I so cute. Dance. It is. I got to learn the gun stuff though. Like that—that's the part of the the dance that's kind of challenging. Yeah, it's just visually satisfying to watch that dance. And I wish I had to put down on my cheat sheet who the choreographer was so I could give them credit. Um, but it is really well done that brings us to go ahead um i was going to talk about the program that she talked about like z something zbrush where it's zbrush yes and wanted it to look like a digital experience but it really didn't work out the way they wanted to do but the concept was how violence is explored in the digital realm which I yeah, I remember that. Really cool. 
I remember that, and you know, because she isn't that the one where she talks about how she likes swords and yeah, she has a warfare. ton of swords. She must have. Oh yeah, her obsession with warfare. I want to know how many swords she has. She's got to have a sword room. We reached out to what's Michelle Smith's official title, or the coach that helps her with her um something saber, right? Anyway, we reached out to the person who like teaches her the I guess the choreography of the fight yeah. scenes with the swords. Um, didn't hear back, but hey, we tried here on What's Up Crimes because that would have been an interesting We're still conversation. Here. We're still around. We're still around. <laughs> if, if, if Michelle wants to hit us up, I mean, we have a really great email account. What's up crimes at gmail.com if you want to talk to us people. <laughs> like, we're happy to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows how to do like sword dancing, like I would love someone to do a display on our podcast. I would love... I'm here for that. We're here for it. We're here for all kinds of things. We're trying to branch out beyond just art. We love art. But something, I don't know, trying to branch out into the science world. We'll see. That brings us to Adore You. Adore You is the Japanese word for a groomed, manufactured pop idol. Ironic, because that's what Grimes feels like. Uh, It's a new god intended for consumer worship. And it's also the title of William Gibson's novel about an artificial holographic pop star. The singer knows that her love is a hopeless illusion. And pretty as the music is in the moment, it can't uh, stave off the inevitable, which is a breakup. Ironic, considering her personal life. Yeah, this is my new favorite grime song um, of this album. I've like, I've, I've moved along with my favorites, which it's interesting. Usually with your, your favorite artist, you have like staples, which I still do, but it, they shift with time uh, on my growth and, and time. And this song is so beautiful. Like, I don't like the beginning, like the, and I think that's why I didn't get into it. But then I gave it some time and let it, you know, marinate a little bit. And it's just such a beautiful song. I thought originally, because apparently I have no ear for music and sounds in general, I thought that that was a car alarm at first. (laughs) And then it turns out that the bird songs are from the Squamish Bird Watching Society. And I read online that Grimes said that they just have a bunch of bird songs on their website. So that's where she got them from. But I... I don't like the first, if you don't listen to Grimes music obsessively as I do, then the first like 10 seconds of the song probably don't bother you. But when you're listening to the same song on repeat, the bird songs feel like you're listening to a car alarm. It was not approachable to me at first, Um, but I gave it some time as as I listened to this album because I was like, you know, there's, I'm on a podcast about Grimes. I should probably like give things a chance. Except for Getty Primes. <clears throat> I, I can't. I tried, people. We tried so hard. Doesn't work we for tried. us. No. Uh, per Grimes, I think this song is sort of like a pure love song, and it just feels heavenly. I feel like enveloped in it. It has kind of this medieval futuristic thing going on. It's like if Before the Fever is the climax of the movie, and then Adore You is the end title. What I find so ironic about Adore You is that it almost foreshadows her relationship with Elon. And I'm like, did you know this going into it? Like, did you figure that things might go sideways pretty quickly or eventually you wouldn't be able to fully be together? It's just really ironic. It is. And I definitely think it is about him, of course. I mean, he's they were romantically involved. Of course, it's going to inspire something. I didn't take that lyric, um, what is it? Uh, we can play a beautiful game even though we're going to lose. I took that as death. Maybe not necessarily death of the relationship, but like we're going to lose even if we love each other our whole lives because death is inevitable. That's a good point because I've also heard people argue the opposite, that they didn't know that that was actually a negative lyric. They thought that it meant um, we're going to play the game and we're going to lose the game and fall in love. That's what people thought that that meant. Ah. on my page when I did the live. Uh, but that's never what I took it as. I always took it as either, like you said, death or, you know, we're going to play this game and it's going to be great and we're going to fall in love and then we're going to break up. It's going to suck. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, when you find your soulmate, one of you is going to die. Sad, you know, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's how I took the lyric and I think it's so beautiful. Um, yeah. But I like other interpretations of it too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
and it lifts up i don't know the the feeling of the song is the positive song on the album it really lifts you up into feeling more positive and i don't know it's, it's yeah it's definitely yeah it's a good ending yeah it's it's a the most positive song on the album for sure mm-hmm. that brings us to 4 a.m Per Grimes, and I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, and I'm not going to even try. She got really obsessed with the Bollywood movie called... How would you... Are you going to even try? I don't want to butcher this. Bajirao Mastani? Sorry to all of our Hindi fans. Yes. Uh-uh. Uh, our, our dear Bollywood fans. It's about forbidden love. I was like, man, I feel like the sci-fi version of this movie would just be incredible... So I just sort of started making fan art, and then I really wanted to get kind of crazy and futuristic sounding. It's actually the first song I made, and I was kind of blocked and not really sure of the sonic direction. And then when I made this, I was like, oh, wow, this doesn't sound like anything. This would be a cool thing to pursue. It gave me a bunch of ideas of how I could make things sound super future, and that's how it started. Going back to Forbidden Love is so interesting to me because she had to have known when she met Elon, like she didn't know it was going to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden you're falling in love with this person that you know is going to change your fans' perception of you at the time. That's tough. I actually don't think... I think she was very naive about that. Maybe. Maybe because she was love... Like, in in wearing rose-tinted glasses and didn't really think about it. Like, in comparison, not to get off too off-topic, but, like, the royal family, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, like... Her, their first engagement video where she had no idea who he was. Like, total BS right there, you know? And she was love-bombing him. Like, I think it was a complete opposite here. Like, I actually think she was so in love with him and really was naive and didn't think. Even though he's a polarizing billionaire, she didn't think that it would, you know, hurt her fandom it just seems so unlikely when you look at who Grimes is. And again, if you were a fan before they met, and we weren't, we met her afterwards. Mm-hmm. That had to have felt so out of left field. Yeah. And they fit, in my opinion, so well together based on their personalities. Agreed. I think they're a match made in future heaven. I know. Futuristic. Galactic. Heaven. Yeah. There's just so much that feels very sad on this album when you look at it as a whole of a doomed relationship. And you and I speculate all the time. I speculate that they are still together. I think so, too. And each other's fans or, you know, just critics in general, we're tearing them apart. But like I've said before, I don't know if I've ever said this in on our podcast, but maybe on our lives before. Um, I, I don't know why she felt the need to have to defend him on her page um and he never said he never defended her on any platform like that that just goes to show again the naivete like she really was in love with him and i think as a fan you kind of have to respect that and that kind of goes with the territory i don't think judging and tearing her down based on who she loves and chooses to be with is fair or should consume or uh overwrite override her entire legacy i also think that elon's narrative is much like claire's narrative and that it's out of control and there's a lot of misinformation especially if you look at the subreddits there's a lot of misinformation that look look into things before you attack somebody on the interweb is all i'm saying yeah, and I, I love, we talk about the Lex Friedman one a lot. It was a really good one. Um, lots lots to discuss there and unpack. She talks about how she can't be media trained. Elon can't be media trained. I know. <laughs> Who are they hiring to do these media trainings? Because uh, I don't think anything works. I think what's so endearing to me, there's this BBC documentary that's out in series about Elon right now and is so well done. If you don't want to read the Ashley Vance biography that I allude to all the time and you want something that's more kind of narrowed down, you should watch the uh, documentary. It's on YouTube in pieces. And if you watch Elon's interviews, it's so much like Claire, where it's like he doesn't really know what to do with his body. 
Like he's so like there's just awkward moments where you feel kind of uncomfortable for a moment because it's just it's kind of awkward. Yeah. And that's what I love about them together, though. It's like, I, I, I guess the awkwardness and his awkwardness just meshes together really well. And they probably understand one another well. And I don't know. I like them together. Yeah. Me too. So, uh, Delete Forever. Delete Forever was originally titled Black Swan Blues. And it's the third track on Grimes' uh, Misanthropocene album. Grimes wrote and produced the guitar-based song herself. The song was released on February 12th, 2020, ahead of an interview and premiere with Zane Lowe on Beats 1 the next day. That's that guy's name. Zane Zane Lowe. That's that Apple podcast guy. That makes sense. And we know that Delete Forever is about her friend's death from drugs, that she's lost some friends through the years because of that. Yeah. (laughs) There was an interview. I think it was like the Grammy Museum one where she talked about this song and they were like oh you you use like a, a guitar and she's like yeah i'm normally not that basic, basic. <laughs> which i love because it offended there was some country star i can't remember the name oh, i can't remember who it was that like it really offended which i thought was really funny i'm like it's grimes like stop don't take stuff that grimes says so seriously yeah she's eating raisin bran out of a cup right now and she's like oh it's mushy <laughs> That's right. like th- that was like the next thing she said in that interview so i love that interview (laughs) it's a good one like who shows up it's so clear when i sit down to fill a podcast with you i have everything done meaning like i've eaten or i'm going to eat afterwards Mm -hmm. i have like my little cup of water or whatever i can't imagine eating raisin bran in the middle of an interview or a podcast i don't know about you but as a grown adult lady who zooms and teams with co-workers some people do that and you're like whoa i hate it like up close in their face and you're like this is 30 minutes don't you couldn't have done it before after like crunchy Uh like peanut butter you're like and that's not something you can say you're like hey why don't you wait like i don't know five minutes and I'm very clear with people, if there's like a 12 p.m. meeting, which occasionally there is, and something that I have to attend at 12 p.m., I have my camera off and I say from the get-go in the chat, I am eating right now. As soon as I finish lunch, I will be on cam. So that people there aren't yelling about not being on cam. Like, I am here, but yeah. I am not going to let you watch me eat my pasta. It's not going to happen. I like that. I've never approached it that way before. Usually I just either eat beforehand or after. Um, sometimes it's it's annoying when it, some stuff goes long and I'll just like eat and I'll be like, yes, I'll go down. Yes, done that. <laughs> and then cover my mouth or mute. Done that. And I feel guilty not being on camera because the assumption, and let's be real, who hasn't? The assumption is when you're off camera, you're like doing something else, right? So yeah, I you're feel not paying bad. attention. But I, prom- I'm, I promise I am sitting here. Like I, and I try to be as involved in the chat as possible so people know like I actually am here. I just, I'm not going to eat my raisin bran. But it was so Grimes. So we're going to go with it. Yes. Um, You'll Miss Me When I'm Not Around, which is such a good song. Originally titled... Oh, we got we to talk about this. Um, Originally titled Last Call, You'll Miss Me When I'm Not Around is uh, the eighth track. And it corresponds to when she talks about demons on the track and different deities. It corresponds to the demon of suicide, which makes sense. All of us know in our lives what it feels like whether it's you wanted to take your own life or whether you just would want to see what it's like if you backed out of the relationship or the friendship how they would feel when you're not there anymore yeah and it 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 is kind of you know everyone's been in dark spaces where you sometimes it's almost like you it's an out-of-body experience Especially when you're facing trauma, it's an out-of-body experience where, like, you're like, what if I wasn't here anymore? Yeah. You know? I've I've had experiences like that, but you got to ground yourself, you know? But everyone who's human has these thoughts, and you do tend to think about, like, it's not just, I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, it's almost like, look what you did to me. Exactly. To me, it's to me that's what gets me about it and about the song in general is it's not just about not wanting to be here anymore. 
It's about, I want you to notice that I'm not here. And I want you in pain because I'm not here. That's right. And I mean, it's, it's very deep and dark and I love this song. I do too. And it's, it's come into play recently, not feeling like I want to hurt myself at all, but um, when I haven't felt appreciated in something, Mm -hmm. whether it's been a project or something at work, and I, I like this song goes through my head like you're gonna miss me if I decide to like back out of this project or whatever it is that I'm doing like you'll miss me when I'm not here like this song really speaks to me so yeah you'll see me underground yeah I like it um quickly if this conversation has made you feel triggered and upset remember you can always call call the suicide prevention hotline at 800-273-TALK or 800-SUICIDE anything else we want to say about this album it's a great album it was my great first experience with Grimes and it led me down the rabbit hole so I'm very appreciative to this album and it has a soft spot in my heart um, but I will also add we miss you when you're not around see like come come back come back to us <laughs> no pressure <laughs> the light is just not the same the light goes out of your life when there's not a new Grimes thing to like talk about and appreciate and like when she brought out the Vogue China stuff that was a big deal to me because oh there's new content not just for memes but there's new content to look at and appreciate yeah I was re-watching the recent videos and player of games is just such a phenomenal piece of art like what she's able to do and put together now like obviously takes a lot of time we have to like sit back and realize that this isn't Vanessa this is like (laughs) cookies and like uh, prom dress. Like we're we're really making impactful art with a whole background. You know, there's like so many people involved in the production of this stuff and it's really high level. It's beautiful. And I know when she does release more, it's gonna be at the same level because she takes her time with it and takes it seriously. So I'm excited to see what else is down the pipe. I agree. It's like Shinigami Eyes for me. The production of that music video was insane. And Player of Games was so beautiful. And I think I probably annoyed the crap out of Turner that day. I remember when it was released and I was like so in awe of the outfit. She has like this white, oh man, like the flowy look. And it was it was spot on. And I like blew up yeah. Turner's DMs in like all caps. Like, it was so beautiful. Thank you. And of course she was like, really nice about it but sorry turner didn't mean to blow up your dms my favorite was the the purple the purple oh yeah is that dido am i I saying that right i think so and what i liked about that is you know that um vignette where she's uh she's with the knight and he's holding her chin you know and she looks very subservient but not in like a um like a fetish way they 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 styled that really well in my opinion and I'm like, yeah. that ties in really well with misanthropocene, like so heavy I fell through the earth and Yes. Same darkness. Yeah. Um, but uh more hopeful. There's more hope in this world, I think. And back to that that imagery that you were referring to, it's very like medieval artwork. Yes. Like almost Renaissance artwork, like it to the T. Like yeah. every scene, every shot was carefully curated. Yeah. So I wonder if we're going back to that, which fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're here for the it. The medieval stuff I meant. I'm 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 wondering if we're going to go back to that. I I am a little concerned just because it's felt like, you know, love is a drug from God and shimmy gummy eyes are very um like club pop versus like telling a yeah. story. And I don't I I, I personally true. hope to see more of the story stuff like player of games. It's not my favorite song, but it has a storyline to it. It's not my favorite song either. Um I gotta be honest. It's not a bad song. I don't. I don't not yeah, like but it. I don't listen um, to it for fun. I actually. I actually oh yeah, I look at. I, I usually am watching the video and I and the lyric video and the actual video. The lyric video, I was like, if this is just the video on its own, oh, where yeah. she's just spinning around with the night like naked. Yeah, I'm like, this is awesome and beautiful and it's very moving. <laughs> 
Imagine what it's like filming that. Her Go out must have been cold. You're right. Drop your robe and just stand there awkwardly for a solid however long it took to film that shot. That that you know that sword was heavy, right? You know it was heavy. And then the the night suit or armor is like cold. Yeah. Right? So she's like all freezing. Right. So what's that? Is that like did they warm him up first? I'm just I have questions. Okay. I have questions. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you. We appreciate power and we appreciate you coming and spending time with us today. We will be back with some more content for you guys here on What's Up Grimes. MK, I hope you have a good weekend. You too. Bye, guys. Bye.